You said we're gonna do something to your brain. Hi, and welcome to Dead Air 26. This time we're talking about The Price is Right for some reason. Some Paul Verhoeven stuff. Reddit IPO. Other more serious things, you know, a very light-hearted way. Do not adjust your TV sets if I look ten pounds heavier, or in English, two cannonballs heavier. Uh, it's because Christina got a really good deal on ice cream. Mm, and, yeah. like, I am coming at you through the dream world of I ate loads of ice cream and now I have, like, a not completely unpleasant headache. Mm -hmm. And I regret nothing, but... Mm -hmm. Hi. Yeah. Hi. You did eat a lot of ice cream. It's true. Yeah. You know that bit in, uh... Um... Is it Andre's... Andre Root? No. Ivan's childhood. Mm. Um, Andre's childhood. Ivan's childhood with, with the old man. Mm. Like the dreamlike sequence of the old man after the Nazis have destroyed his village and he's... Obviously everyone he knows is dead and mm. his whole life is gone and he's... Like between heaven and hell... Between heaven and hell, between death and life really and... It's like he's a ghost, mm -hmm. and it's all really weird, and it's like that. Ah, oh, I see. But not unpleasant, like I said. Mm. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had some yesterday, but it was really like a couple of days ago, where you perhaps overdosed a bit on ice cream. <laughs> yeah. So. And yeah. crackers. And crackers. Yeah. yeah. I saw what you were doing yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're not interested in that. They want to know a take on the Russian-Ukrainian war two-year anniversary of. Things like that. Mm, yeah. Mm. Sure. What's the Nasdaq doing? <laughs> Check the ticker up on the wall. Hmm. <laughs> How are my stocks doing? Yeah. So, yeah, what are you going to... Are you going to do it? Are you going to do your intervention then? No, you can dip crackers into ice cream all you want and make chocolate chip sandwiches and... I don't dip them. What, what are you doing then? I'm getting too... I don't pay attention because every time I look at you when you're doing these things, you're like, what? Because <laughs> you're looking at me like... Uh, I, get, I get a cracker, I get a spoon, I get the ice cream out, I put it on the cracker, mm -hmm. and then I get another cracker and squish it and make an ice cream sandwich. Mm -hmm. With like salted multigrain crackers. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. I tell you, salt and sugar mm. works well. Tell them about the uh, chocolate chip sandwiches. I did that once. You, I've seen you do that many times. You think I'm not paying attention <laughs> when you do it because you go hide on the, on the couch with it. Because <laughs> uh, I know I'm going to get judged. I don't say anything. I just glance at you. Sneer. What? Sneer. Judge me. I'm just looking. So what? What is it? Uh, I've seen you take butter and spread butter. it on some bread and then sprinkle chocolate chips on top and then put another buttered piece of bread on top of that and then eat it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Not interesting at all, is it? Yeah. Yeah. What about the tacos? What tacos? Chorizo and chocolate tacos. Uh, well, that, I can almost understand that more. It's got, you get like a mole flavor. Maybe, mm -hmm. with the chocolate, yeah. A little bit, yeah. That makes more sense to me. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then when I'm making, like, egg salad sandwiches, and you're like, Ugh! Well, I don't think that's yeah, weird. I just don't, just don't like the smell of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Something about eggs. Like, I like eggs, but it's one of those foods, isn't it, that if you eat one and then you belch, it's like, oh, that's disgusting. Whereas other foods, it can be like, hmm, that chocolate milkshake was delicious. Mm -hmm. But it's, that's the only, like, egg variety that you don't like. You like or egg salad. Yeah, you like fried eggs, boiled eggs, scrambled eggs. Eggs egg salad, Benedict. No. Yeah. <laughs> Benedict. I remember that person. Pope Benedict Arnold. <laughs> so that's Dead Air 26. See you guys next week. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Uh, would you like to start us out with the Reddit IPO? Tell uh, us about that. No, before that, I would like to say that I had a thought that I want to share. Um, what are otters, if not posh beavers? Okay, that's not what you were saying. Last night. What was they're I like, saying? They're amphibians. No, I'm, I was not saying they're amphibians. I'm saying they're amphibious. <laughs> you said they're amphibians. I didn't say they're... I know they're not amphibians. Do you? Yes. Okay. They're mammals. Right? They don't have I'm eggs. I'm sure they're mammals, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, there are mammals that lay eggs. Pretty sure. Oh, yeah? It's just, like, very unusual, I oh. think. Duckbill platypus. Yeah, I was going to say, doesn't the platypus lay eggs? I don't know. I'll consult with Planet Zoo after we're done recording this. <laughs> They'll know. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. And then I started thinking about, like, what what sort of class are animal, do you think of animals as? Like, there's definitely something there. Like, if I was going to write, like, a phony PhD, well, not a phony one, but, like, I have to do a PhD in a subject that no one's done before to get my doctorate in weird psychology, weird niche psychology, I know what I'll do. I'll look into how animals are portrayed in children's books hmm. and the class they are portrayed as. Class. Like, by class, I mean... Talking about, like, socioeconomic class? Yeah. Well, more social class. Sure. Like, uh... Unless the whole thing is rats, you never see a posh rat. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, how animals are portrayed. In, someone probably has done a PhD on that. Like media studies or something. Yeah, because I've got a feeling that hippopotamuses are always portrayed posh. Or posher than they are. Whereas if hippopotamuses were people, they'd be like... Like... Special education... Like... Uh, Geraldo type... Geraldo special type. What? Tell me more. They'd be like, if, if a hippopotamus was a person, it's, it would be like rolling around in its own shit. Hmm, okay. You know, because they've got like an extremely low e, uh, EQ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you remember that whole thing? Yeah, That was fascinating. That, like, wow. Yeah. Not crows, though, because they're always doing that. I said, you know, they're smart. <laughs> what about um, rapey skunks? Rapey skunks? What yeah. specifically rapey skunks? Yeah, that specific portrayal of a skunk in a cartoon. Um, What's his face, you know? Yeah. Oh, we oui, oui. He'd be a French waiter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew, yeah. Lassai. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Okay, got any thoughts on that? <laughs> Not really. 
Like like poodles are always portrayed as posh. Uh, yeah, I get yeah, you. There. Siamese mm-hmm. cats are always portrayed as posh. Are they? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I guess I never really thought about it. Yeah. How are some other animals portrayed unfairly in, in ter- the media? In terms of class, mm-hmm. I think pigeons are portrayed as really dumb and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's unfair. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. Mm, not fair. Yeah, sure. Um, Rise up for our brothers. Yeah, the pigeons. I tell you what, um, squirrels are like uh, that person you knew at school who was always like really, really mouthy and like really gross but really self-confident who went on to get like like a dental degree or something and is now driving around in like, uh, I don't know, like a like a $50,000 Lexus or something and they think they're the tits mm-hmm. but they're really just a rat. Mm-hmm. But with a bushy tail. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are cuter than rats. Yeah, but yeah, well, yeah, definitely they are. Mm-hmm. But the tail, like when when you see it in in light, mm-hmm. you know, and you realize like, oh wow, that's that's just a rat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They're funnier than rats. The ones around here have a great sense of humor. If you recall. Yeah. And the one in Indianapolis had a great sense of humour when it would go along the, the obviously not the power cable, mm. like the, the big cable next to the window, mm-hmm. like with a whole sandwich in its mouth, mm-hmm. and then it would like look into the window. Yeah. Like. I think it was just that one squirrel especially. It was the same one, yeah. yeah. I saw it taking like whole slices of pizza out of the dumpster. Yeah, it lived in that one tree mm-hmm. and its whole route was go down to the power cable and then go down to the dumpster. And come up with, I saw it one time with like half an egg McMuffin. <laughs> I'm not joking, like half in the wrapper, just in its mouth and then like climbing back up the pole to get to the cable so it can go back to its tree. Yeah. 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 I think Jackdaw's probably portrayed as like sort of an upper middle class black sheep who like his brother became a, a doctor but he ended up being like a mercenary in car. Who? What? What? What happened? Where am I? I guess we should start. I guess so, yeah. Um, yes, tell me about the Reddit IPO. I've seen nothing about it. The Reddit IPO. You just mentioned it this morning. Uh, Reddit is a social media website. I, I read that on CNN where they have to explain what Reddit is. It's pretty good, yeah. Um, you may have heard of the Facebook. They always, with Reddit in particular, they always mm-hmm. feel the need to explain yeah. it. It's like the 10th biggest website in the world. Yeah. But anyway, um, they've been trying to do... They've been trying to go public for about 10 years and they, they finally announced that they are for 190 billion mm-hmm. um, despite never having turned a profit, mm-hmm. although the leadership is well well paid. You're telling me you can't turn a profit from advertisements that just say, look at some pictures of gross feet, click here. Is that what you've seen on Reddit? I mean, just like bottom of the barrel ads is the only thing I've ever really seen, yeah. Similar to Twitter. Yeah, I mean, when I browse Reddit, 
Oh, that's my phone. Let me just check that. Sorry. Five minutes later. Oh yeah, so you've seen some feet adverts on Reddit, have you? It's just those same ones that you'll see on like any website where it's like, like a drawing of like a foot with like a painful toe, and it's like, uh, doctors say eat this one thing to make your toes feel better. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, yes, yeah, I do. Like, and I'm guessing you click on it and it's something totally irrelevant, you know? Yeah. Or the the one that was like uh, uh, Doctor Shock's World by showing how you can empty bowels easily, and then it's yeah. like a picture of like someone <laughs> scooping some chocolate ice cream or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then it's yeah, you click through and it's nothing to do with that. Yeah, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, uh, like I was gonna say, um, whenever I go on Reddit, as with any other social media, I do it in private browsing. Mm -hmm. And the stuff I see, the ads are all meant to look like Reddit posts, mm -hmm. but they're, and they're for like pharmaceutical stuff mm -hmm. mainly. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. When's the last time you clicked on an ad? Um, probably for a, like a video we did mm -hmm. like six months ago or something. Mm -hmm. or, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Right. Hmm, I'm just curious. Why? <laughs> I'm just wondering, I mean, there's got to be people that click on these things and buy stuff, right? So, just... Unless it's a whole yeah. network of fraud. Dead internet theory. Kind of, I mean, yeah. to an extent. Yeah. Anyway. Do you want to explain what that is? Um, it's the theory that there actually like aren't all that many people on the internet, it's just like advertisers and bots populating most sites. Yes. I think that's the short of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm convinced there's like eight people on the internet, the way everything's written. <laughs> I mean, I, I know, I understand the reason, like people tend to, I think there's even been studies on it. Mm -hmm. People tend to adopt a style, mm -hmm. especially on a specific site. Mm -hmm. But like Reddit, you know, you can read all these varied things from people who have nothing to do with each other mm -hmm. about like technical things like go on the I'm building an actuator subreddit mm -hmm. or go on the I'm laughing at Michael Cyrus face reddit and everything's kind of written in almost the same way it's uh, I don't know mm. mm -hmm. yeah that's not really I don't really have a point with that it's not like a bad thing just yeah, same. Yeah. No point, really. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess what is Reddit's real value? I guess it's advertising. It's always been, at, you know, with anything, it's advertising. Yeah, sure. And I, I guess a huge part of that really is <coughs> data mining. I would assume something like that, yeah. doesn't necessarily mean data mining where you, like, identify someone's mm. social security number, but... Yeah. You build, build. customer profiles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. That can be sifted through mm -hmm. to sell more and more junk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of my assumption. Um, that the actual advertising is not all that effective. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah, customer profiles. Yeah. 
So yeah. and Reddit have just uh, I think they've signed a deal um, to an AI company. I wanted to say Microsoft, but I'm not so sure that uh, for sixty million dollars a year for all of their content to be sifted through by AI for I suppose learning. Mm. Okay. So, there you go. Yeah, I mean that's probably interesting stuff. Um, I imagine it just probably is. God. God. <laughs> um, yeah. If you give a shit. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably find it interesting. Like, okay. What's the, what's the like range of variation on those kinds of metrics? Like, I don't know. Just what metrics? Um, of like, say, I don't know. That's a good example. Like, you build a, you know customer profile and it's like, okay, people who like football also like this and this. I think it's deeper than and that. And then, yeah, I mean, I would hope so. Yeah, you'd hope um, so, yeah. I'd hope so, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I just, I can't imagine what it would take to try and analyze data like that. That's so wide ranging where like any topic in the world could potentially intersect with other factors, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about you. My experience with, at least like ad targeting is like, none of these models have any idea what I'm interested in. Yeah. Know? And just because I search for something doesn't mean I want to buy that. Yeah. Hmm. Search all kinds of shit every yeah. single day, all day long. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Um, do you think that Google has got a lot worse? What do you mean? Well, I have noticed that when I Google stuff, uh, it's not just promoted stuff anymore mm. that's at the top, which you can just sort of scroll past mm. if you're looking for just information. There, there seems to be a lot of like promoted stuff, or not, not promoted stuff directly, like as an ad, but um, stuff that Google has favoured mm. at the top, like mm. a lot of it's own content, YouTube content, mm -hmm. and stuff. Sure. It, it seems way worse to actually find shit out mm -hmm. using Google. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, will ho often have to, like, write something like, is, I don't know, like a Google search term Reddit to get the Reddit thread from five mm -hmm. years ago where people, where someone was asking that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't really notice. Um when I'm searching for things. Um, I mean, I do use a lot of modifiers at times, you know. Um, yeah, like cite Reddit and mm -hmm. then search for something or, you know, search Google something and then have to change it and then, you know, have not, you know, whatever this result is, it's coming up constantly. Um, yeah, is that what you think would be like? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Boobies. Not! <laughs> alright, alright. That wasn't bad. Have you ever tried to <laughs> write anything like that into Google? Does it still work like that where it doesn't understand do not? Um... What do you mean? Well, like it I... It doesn't understand uh, how to exclude results? I remember, um... In the school library, like, typing in stuff for like a bio... Like a, grade 10 biology 
paper. It would be like fucking like five hundred words of shit. Um, but like having to like type in stuff like, not even sexual stuff like uterus, <laughs> and then like just being confronted with porn, <laughs> like just you know nothing at all to do with a uterus, <laughs> and then be, having to be like uterus, not porn. <laughs> that doesn't make it better. Yeah, I'm sure not. Yeah, no. No, I mean, the only thing you can do there is, like, turn on safe search, and that doesn't always work either. Where yeah. it'll, like, kind of automatically exclude some of that shit. Because otherwise, that's the only results you're going to get on any topic. <laughs> you know? Sonic the Hedgehog. Is this what you want? No, God. What's wrong saying, with you? You should type everything Sonic the Hedgehog, not porn. <laughs> yeah. That'll be better. Yeah, yeah. So one day, we'll have a being. A courtroom somewhere. I mean, people ask, why are you searching not Sonic the Hedgehog porn? Hmm. <laughs> no, you've got, to, you've got to have not porn at the end. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. We, so, Reddit wasn't interesting. What's next? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, don't, I didn't really have anything to say about that myself. Just, like, I remember, yeah, this morning you were like, Reddit's, you heard about the Reddit IPO? I was like, still? I thought, <laughs> I thought I read about that like five years ago. We're going to go public. Yeah. So, I mean, are they actually doing it this time? Or? Well, I'm sure they were actually doing it five years ago, I guess. That's a good point. Wise man says, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Indeed. Yeah. What's next? Um, next, uh, NLRB. Another thing that... You mentioned so you tell us about that the national labor's relation national labor relations board mm -hmm. uh, amazon mm, i think spacex and traders trader trader joe's okay traders joe <laughs> trader joe's ever headache um they um they're trying to, I, I don't know, break apart, or they're trying to have the rules change with the NLRB. Mm -hmm. um, in federal government, sorry, in federal government, uh, what they're basically arguing is that the NL, the way that the NLRB, the National Labor, Labor Relations Board, is set up, um, is unconstitutional because it isn't technically under the Department of Justice, it's under the executive branch, mm. um, which is, they say, unconstitutional because the president has the power to place the judge, but the NLRB does everything uh, where the judge decides everything, it doesn't get a jury trial, mm -hmm. so... You... Mm -hmm. Right. So that, that's their argument, but really it's, or you might argue it's seen as a, a sort of anti-worker effort. effort. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, tell me more. Like, what is, what is this? Well, the NLRB is, is suing or has been suing all three of those organizations for worker violations. Mm -hmm. So you could look at it perhaps cynically um, as... They don't, they don't give a shit that this is unconstitutional or not, which it may or may not be, but really that's that's a sort of legal, legally technical mm 
you know, changing it might not change how it operates. Mm -hmm. It's really more to do with the president because there's a lot of presidential oversight mm -hmm. with the relations board. <laughs> it's like a tongue twister. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I just thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, because they potentially potentially want to set back a lot of workers' rights, mm -hmm. which have been in place for a very long time in this country. Do, do they... See, did you see anything, like, specific, or...? No, it's... I know nothing about this, so. No, it's more... No, I mean, they're not They're not arguing this and being like, and then we'll get to make people work for 100 hours with no overtime. Mm -hmm. But it, it could potentially be a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. But that's why you've got to take it with a pinch of salt, because it mm -hmm. might also not. And like I, like I say, as I understand it, a lot of the way the relations board operates is to do with who's the president at the time, as as a lot as a lot of agencies are, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, okay. But uh, I suppose I wanted to mention that because I wanted to bring up the idea of a right to work state, mm -hmm. which was completely alien to me when I came to America. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's a right to work state? Oh God, um, is it not specifically uh, that you can't like be forced to join a union, like an all-union workplace, and also you can? So I thought it was actually something different. The idea like you can get fired for like absolutely anything. You can also quit for any reason. Mm -hmm. um, so usually what I see people talk about when they say right to work, but I'm not sure if it's exactly the same thing. But, yeah, um, you were saying you wanted to bring this up because you thought it was interesting just um, how, like, workers' rights are in America compared to England. Like, you have said to me many times before, like, you know, where I come from, you can't just get fired for no fucking reason at any time. Yeah, where I you come know. from. <laughs> That's how you talk. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, which to me was like, really? You know? Because, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can, yeah. You can get fired for anything. Technically, not for any kind of, um, anything to do with, like, a protected status, protected federal status. You can't get fired for, you know, your um, race, religion, ethnicity, national origin. Um, but you actually have to be pretty stupid to say To those say that, those, that that's why you're, you're people are getting fired, yeah. No, I mean, from what I can tell... You know, yeah, it's like anything else. If you, you know, if some, a company really wants to get rid of somebody for whatever reason, they'll just use like a random rule in their like employee guidebook or whatever. Like, we heard you cursing in the hallway, something that everybody does, but you're fired for that now. Yeah. And really, there's something else going on, you know. Yeah. There's always something. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not something that I know a whole lot about in terms of. Yeah, differences between America and other places. Learning kind of the stuff that you told me about was like surprising to me as well. Um, You've never had a paid day off? Um, that's not true actually. Uh, the last place that I worked at had PTO, um, but you like had to use it at a certain time and it accrued super slowly. I think I got like 20 hours of PTO earned in like a year. Um, but it also wasn't paid at what I actually got paid at. It would be paid at minimum wage. And I think I used that a couple times I was sick. 
Um, but even that is difficult because, um, you know, they're just going to try and convince you that you're not sick or who cares, come to work anyway. So trying to use it is like always a hassle. But there's just so much variety, you know. There are people who get like great paid time off. There are people who get yeah. paid maternity leave in this in this country, but it's not required. So that means, you know, the low class people don't get any of that stuff yeah. a lot of times. So, you know, the idea that... um kind of basic human decency and healthcare and things like that are things that you should earn, not everybody have. I don't know how it is now, but in Britain, if you did a 40-hour a work week, I think it might have been something like 36 hours or more every week, mm. you were legally entitled to 21 days paid off a year. year. Yeah. And that was behind, that was, the only reason that existed was because that was the European Union legal minimum mm -hmm. in other places like France, Germany, most places would do 28 days, I think. I think it might have even been law mm -hmm. that that was the minimum. 28 days off mm -hmm. paid. Yeah. That's kind of... Yeah. Um, something that I can never imagine yeah. personally. Yeah. Um, being paid to take a vacation, um, you know, and not that having doesn't... to like wrestle for it to get a couple days of sick pay that yeah. is basically like thirty dollars a day. Yeah. And that doesn't mean <laughs> And that's the best I've ever gotten, personally. But And that doesn't mean that you have to use that when you are sick. No. It's just it's PTO, uh paid time off, so it's vacation, sick, family emergency, all that stuff falls under PTO. Yeah, no, I'm telling you in mm -hmm. in Britain. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it was. I've not been there in like mm -hmm. several God, years. Six years now, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a V two. Um, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, there's very few worker protections here mm -hmm. um, compared to where I come from. <laughs> <laughs> but saying that in Britain, you know, it was it was more a thing that. Documented employment, yeah. They were if they wanted to fire you, they'd have to give you like a, like a verbal warning and then a written warning and then a second written warning and then you'd be gone. Mm. They'd have to go through all that. So some people could be kind of difficult to fire mm -hmm. if you sort of take the employ employer angle. Mm -hmm. so um, I can see how that'd be problematic in yeah. some circumstances as well, definitely. Um, but then uh, a lot of places as well also had zero hour contracts um for example i worked at harrods mm -hmm. for like three days before mm -hmm. i fucking walked off mm -hmm. um christ yeah and that was a zero hour contract which meant that um meant that they were not legally obliged to give you any work mm -hmm. um but the contract still could demand that you be available for work at any time mm -hmm. so you couldn't have another job mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because there was zero hours or zero promise of hours you don't get 21 days off mm -hmm. anything like that and yeah I worked at Harrods again for the Christmas season well I started working there for the Christmas season and uh, there were like blokes there blokes like 40, 50 years old who were like doing it because they work nights at um, 
like a warehouse doing forklifting and they needed more money and they were like desperate and mm. uh, just like from the very beginning people being like how can I make sure I get hours mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was awful mm. yeah yeah that was the place that um the guy so I, I went I think how long did I wait there for like five days maybe mm -hmm. um the guy who worked in the like returns department was he basically I think he'd been an aerospace engineer like at BA or something and he'd retired but he had to wait like until he was 60 mm. to get his retirement so he decided to do this and he'd used SAP which is like a big complicated logistics software he'd used SAP to like set up their entire um return system why, why are you looking at me like this is this boring no you're fine i'm listening all right why are you looking at me like that like what <laughs> i'm just looking damn <laughs> um <coughs> uh and he he was like making like 10 pounds an hour mm -hmm. um like he was probably making the same as me he'd been there for like three years and he'd spent like loads of time loads of unpaid time doing that because mm. he was into that that was mm. what he was like doing but he did them a huge favor by doing that mm. he'd probably saved them like a hundred grand because they would have needed to get someone in because it was a very difficult software to use in the way they wanted to use it mm. as i understood it and um one day like before i was there but someone told me this story one day um his the bus he was on to work like broke down and he was like half an hour late mm -hmm. and they wrote him up for it mm -hmm. yeah and he'd done all this for them mm -hmm. and after that he was like fuck that i'm leaving at five mm -hmm. sort of thing and that's the sort of place it was one yeah. of the first things they said i had like one day of training one of the first things they said was like you know don't don't believe what you've heard we you know we we do treat our staff well like what? That's what you want to hear. <laughs> Come again? Christ, yeah. Yeah, right. <coughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. it's horrible. Was it? Yeah. 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 I don't know what to say. The whole world sucks. I mean... I was pretty lucky, really, that I didn't really need to work there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But it was definitely sort of awful knowing that, like, yeah, you know, I could work there for eight weeks. Mm -hmm. And then and then it's completely up to them whether you stay on or not. Like, oh, mm -hmm. Yeah. For a, a warehouse job, you know. Mm -hmm. It was like 400 quid a week in fucking middle, the middle of London. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. That's kind of ridiculous. That was still, like, a pretty good paying one. Mm-hmm. This was, like, more than ten years ago. Sure. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I imagine yeah. the landscape has... sharpened. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Um, I'm trying to think if I've got any funny stories along these lines or anything. What about that uh, place you worked making syringes? Oh, no, um... Medical, uh, like, anesthetic masks. Like, from people who are going to surgery. Um, yeah, I mean, that was pretty shit. Um, yeah, like, the first day of training where they're, like, 
So you know, we don't make any promises to our customers, you know, hospitals and stuff that would buy these and buy them for like a thousand dollars each and we're just cranking them out making, uh, I can't remember, I think I made like seven dollars an hour there. Um, and we, we, just so you know, we don't make the promise that they are sterile, uh, but they are pure. You shouldn't be able to physically see anything in the mask, you know, so if a piece of dirt or a rock gets in there, you know, toss that one. A rock gets in there. You know, I, this shit would get in there all the damn time, you yeah. know. It's just a big, dirty-ass factory, yeah. you know. It's a factory. Um, yeah. yeah, where, like, you don't get breaks long enough to use the bathroom and wash your hands, so, um, what was it, uh, two six-minute breaks, um, and you, I mean, it takes ten minutes to take off your equipment and go to the bathroom just to get there from your workstation. Two six-minute breaks. Yeah, per shift. Six minutes. And then there was a... That's very... It was like 12 minutes for lunch or something like that. Um, right. And, yeah, I mean, they had okay. vending machines and, yeah. Were they, like, working on, like, the Mayan calendar or something? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, no. God, they used to get so mad if you had to take a piss. Because you know, somebody has to come. Because the machines don't stop. Somebody yeah. has to come take over your spot. So it'd be, like, a manager. When you say they would get mad, tell me more. No, do you have to go again? Like, I, I don't know what to tell you, dude. I have to pee. Do you want me to just go right here? Uh, apparently, there are some factories where they do want people to just piss their pants. Um, I don't know if you heard about that whole thing about the women wearing diapers at that factory. This was a few years ago. I heard about the, the Amazon piss bottles. Um, not that. A different factory. Um, it's like elderly women who uh, were like not allowed to take bathroom breaks while working on like lines. And they would all wear diapers and just fill them up all shift long. Because they couldn't get breaks, yeah. So, I think labor you know, standards are probably not a bad thing to have yeah. overall, you know. There could be an excessive, you know, there's a line, of course, but yeah. you should be able to use the goddamn bathroom, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that place was a shell. Um, yeah, I mean... Those machines, they run 24 hours a day. They don't stop them to clean them out ever. They've probably been running for like 30 years. Yeah. Um, so who knows what all is in there? <laughs> yeah, like that uh, never-ending Wisconsin baloney factory. Has it been like running since the seventies? Like, I've not heard of that. Non-stop, no. just producing. Producing baloney. Baloney. Balagna. Balagna. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of. <laughs> it could appear in a Fallout mm -hmm. game where you find this. This factory crammed full of baloney because it's just continually it's been going for like yeah. 300 years. No, not even a factory, <laughs> it's a hill now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. baloney hill, baloney mountain. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. People have resource wars over it. <laughs> that does sound like something in Fallout. Yeah, yeah, take note. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be coming out, Jonathan Nolan. Yeah, um, when is that? I think April. I okay. thought I saw. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. I'm curious. So, what do we have next? Um, we have some TV stuff. Yeah, to oh. mindlessly uh, chat about. Yeah, that's, that's what this podcast is. So. Mindfully chat. Mindful chat. Mind chat. Is what we should yourself. call it. Mind chat. Um, I guess just a brief mention, Jon Stewart's back on Mondays on The Daily Show, which I have not watched The Daily Show. Since Probably he since, yeah, <laughs> since he left. <laughs> and that was nice to see him back. He was pretty damn funny in that first episode. It's like banger after banger. I don't know. 
I want cookies. <laughs> like, that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I miss that. Like, a merciless, you know, shit talk about anybody. It's, yeah. It's a lot of fun to see him back. Yeah, I, I like Jon Stewart a lot, and him coming back, or well, not that I really need a reminding, sort of reminded me how lame mm -hmm. certain other people are. Mm -hmm. No, I know, you brought it up like ten times when we were watching it. He's so much better than Jon Stewart. Yeah. Or, then I'm um, sorry. John Oliver. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's There's something just, about John Oliver, man. I just... Man, he thinks I'm dumb, doesn't he? Well, it's mass audience stuff, so I assume you kind of have the to. The Daily Show isn't? Yeah, I mean, but The Daily Show is, like, just really funny. You know, that's the reason to watch it. Yeah, but the reason um, John's, it's John's funny Stewart is anyway. because it's, like, well, the reason John Stewart is funny is because he's very smart. Yeah, but it's not just that. No, like, it's not just that. a very but... funny way of presenting things and, you know, yeah. I mean, the problem is so many of John Oliver's jokes are, um, like, look at me, I'm ugly. Um, or, uh, I think Adam Driver is sexy. Or, uh, I look like a parrot, you know. Like, the self-deprecating humor can be really funny, but it's just like, that's all he's got sometimes, you know. I mean, there'll be still funny stuff on the show, but it's like, because there's funny stuff in clips. I'm not saying he's never funny, you know, I occasionally will watch it, but, um, yeah. It just is interesting in contrast to seeing Jon Stewart back, and, um, and some things haven't changed. The interview segments of both of the episodes we watched with Jon Stewart were, like, not all that interesting, some kind of obnoxious interviewees, so that hasn't changed at all. Bring out the Spocks. <laughs> yeah. But it was nice to see him back after so long. Uh, very nostalgic, really. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's funny. He's yeah. funny. And what did you think about his, his points? Was it terrible both-siderism? No, that's not how I see it at all. Recognizing that there are problems in many different places doesn't mean that, uh, you know, that you're, like, making an excuse for anybody or that you're, um, I don't know, like, I think some people have such a tendency to, like, have such binary thinking, you know. A, you know, A does something bad, then that means B is good, or vice versa. Like, you know, there's problems everywhere, and there are certain problems that are systemic, and that are, like, endemic to both parties that really can't be changed by voting one or the other in. I'm not saying all problems, but certain problems that I think are big, like U.S. healthcare. That's something both parties contribute to not resolving. Um, lots of things like that, you know. Um, I mean, I didn't see it. I don't What did you think? Was he being, both sides are the same, or no? No, he, he was, I mean, he was right, you know. Both Trump and Biden are old men whose at least ability to communicate it is de degenerating. He stutters mm -hmm. as he has a sugar migraine. <laughs> but um, film idea, uh, it's Weekend at Bernie's, uh, but you've got the Democrat operatives who are like, we can't let them know that Joe Biden died four weeks before the election, and he's he's there doing his speech. With sunglasses. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would be an ecumenical matter. All that, right? And then they're, they're about to get busted by the their 
Republican colleagues, and then they look over, and it's the exact same thing with Trump, and they both realize it at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then the whole movie is they realize that every politician in American politics has actually been dead for quite some time, mm -hmm. and their staffers are all doing this independently, like, we didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton died ten years ago. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, I agree. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. Mm. Okay, not staffers, well, raccoons. Raccoons. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Mm. We can look at the sunglasses and everything. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Got Trump holding a sneaker, but like just dropping it. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's not weekend at Bernie's though. It's like two months at Bernie's. Like they're really kind of rotting mm -hmm. by the end of it. Mm -hmm. I'm just making me want to watch Weekend at Bernie's. I haven't seen that in a long time. Me either. Probably not since I was a kid or something. Yeah. What an idea. Desecrating a dead body all over town. It's a comedy. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> hmm. I mean, I really didn't have much else to say about John Stewart. Just, it was nice to yeah. see him back, and he's still very funny. Yeah. Um, Look what time has wrought. Yeah. <laughs> and the delivery does a lot of it. Yeah. So he's very good. Mm -hmm. um, would you like to take a short break before? We move on to uh, the amazing revelation that you had. Well, that's what you said at the time. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Five minutes later. So, uh, I had a hankering the other day to watch The Price is Right. Because um, it occasionally happens, but specifically the Bob Barker ones. I don't care about those other people that have done it after him. Um, and discovered that... Roku has a Bob Barker era channel where it's um, just <laughs> all day long episodes of The Price is Right, the Bob Barker era, just going like in sequence over like the decades. But it's not in sequence. Um, it is in sequence, but they also do special like events. When we were watching it last, um, they were advertising like in March like, women of Price is Right, so it's gonna be, like, all episodes where it's, like, women winning stuff, and... But we watched an episode from, like, season 14, hmm. and then the next day we watched an episode from season 2. Yeah, I mean, I don't know... How am I meant to keep up with that? Yeah, right. How am I meant to know what's going on? How yeah. am I meant to know the lore? The lore, yeah. yeah. But you'd never seen it before, right? Like, you knew what it was Not the stuff, American but... one, no. Yeah, so it was your first time, mm. and, um... Myself, I hadn't seen it probably since I was like 12, staying home from school sick. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I think we started out in, I remember it was in the 80s, mm -hmm. the first ones yeah. we were watching. Yeah, season 14, yeah, I remember, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, you, uh, your face was lovely when we first started it. <laughs> like, what a revelation. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah well... Well, what, I, what I think the think first thing it? I said was Bob Barker could not make it look harder. Yeah. Like, he really makes it look like work, which it is. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's charming. But, like, like I, I'm completely with him. Like, after 14 years, I wouldn't give a fuck either. Yeah. But... Yeah, the amount of shit-talking that he does to people, like, contestants and stuff is kind of fascinating, you know. Um... But yeah, it was um it was really fun to kind of go back. What a what a time capsule, you know. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, in so many different ways. It's not just like, you know, there's regular people who obviously didn't have a stylist and makeup artist with them before they yeah. came on just looking like regular people. Um, yeah. Regular people talking shit. The one where the, he's like, you win a new, you can win a new um, pool table for your game room. And the guy's like, wish I had a game room. <laughs> the old man. <laughs> um, but then also just the time capsule of like the products, yeah. you know. That were, because essentially they're all products that were being advertised, you know, at that time. Otherwise they wouldn't be on the show. So you know, it's advertising. The products that you, essentially the game is, here's a product such as dish soap. Uh, let's say $1.10. Do you think it costs more than that or less than that? That's mm -hmm. the entire game. The entire game is about guessing the prices of things, yeah, in and one way or another. I appreciate how quick it is in that they don't really waste a lot of time getting yeah. to know people. Or you can tell they're filming several of these like in a day. Two a day. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, um, <laughs> bye, he says to every person. I, I, I kind of wish other quiz shows were like that, but I guess there are fast quiz shows. I'm not really into quiz shows. Yeah, me um, either. But yeah, like this being old, mm -hmm. it was it was pretty interesting. I'll tell you what, they have to like three hours of it on non-stop. Mm-hmm. It started to get like a number station coming in into your braces mm -hmm. where it's just like non-stop numbers and like when you're playing along it's really weird to be like okay how much is that but it's also the 80s so how mm -hmm. okay so like yeah. I've got to kind of guess how much that would be in the 80s and it's amazing how some things like the prices have not changed at all where it's like a blender a new blender you know $45 and it's like what, like, how much have blenders changed in the last 40 years? You know, it looks like the same damn thing. And, uh, <laughs> you know, still $45. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it is interesting to just kind a of look back. A new sports car from Opal. Yeah, I know. Those, like, the ones in the 70s were like, a new sports car, $2,400. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, uh. Just the, the range of products as well. Diet pills, you know, yeah. and... Mouth deodorant. Mouth deodorant, yeah. Yeah. Just the same garbage over decades, you know. I mean, no, like, you know, people need a car to get around if you're, especially, like, live in a rural place. You know, you're not going to get a bus. You need a car, so that's exciting. Want a car. But then, like, the, there's so much just you garbage. saying a washer-dryer isn't... A particularly desirable prize. Um, I mean, it can be. I yeah, guess it depends. Just so utilitarian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's. I, I'm more talking about like a new living room set, and it's like an ugly ass striped couch, and shag uh, carpet, and the Bob Barker like ladies like doing like having a blast trying to make things look exciting, you know. Caressing like caressing couches and grandfather clocks. Yeah. Yeah, I love when they put on like a little skit yeah. as well with it. Um, that like where the lead-in makes absolutely no sense with the product that they're selling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Uh, yeah. Well worth revisiting at some point, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's obviously a nostalgia element if it's something that you grew up with, but uh, it is just a, an incredible time capsule. In so many different ways, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, that's about it. Kind of loved it. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, 
I know for me it manages to be both mind-numbing and uh, interminable at the same time. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could watch one episode of that right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you did watch a lot, a lot of it in like one day. So yeah. To be fair. Like I always, for some reason as well, as well, for some reason as a kid, I had this idea of hell being like going through your entire life, like frame by frame, and like having to like justify it mm -hmm. to someone, to the devil, I guess. Like, why did you do this? Why did you do this? Mm -hmm. Why did you do this? And I like, imagine like when you, at the end of the day, because it's all through the 24 hours, when you go to your like sack covered in barbs, it's the price is right, just mm -hmm. going on in the background on one screen and fucking love joy. Mm -hmm. Going on one screen over there, yeah. Yeah, right. A new living room set. Like some shag green carpet. The most fantastic object in the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. What's next? Yeah, um... Okay, next. So, uh, recently was the, uh... Um, official tri-annual... Uh, Twitter argument about Starship Troopers. Oh, God. Um, I noticed. Uh -huh. And... I uh, hadn't seen it in probably at least a good 10 years, I think. Triannual, is um, that three times a year? Three times a year, yeah. Okay, so what would you say for every three years? I don't know. You're missing the point. Triannual. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. I, I don't know. It just, but it, just confusing, it, it? it happens uh, every so often on Twitter where people get in a big argument, <coughs> which I have trouble determining the... Uh, validity of it even, or if this is just uh, the face of rage bait, you know, uh, people rage baiting off of each other to have an argument about, you know, what the meaning of Starship Troopers is, um, with some people seeming to be like willfully uh, argumentative. Or is it a proxy it? argument where you end up being like, no, though the humans were justified. Mm -hmm. As like a, a sort of complex metaphor for Middle Eastern politics or something. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of reads like a load of nonsense to me. Um, the argument about it. But because of that, I saw that. I was like, man, this kind of makes me really want to watch Starship Troopers again. Let's do that. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, it really... Is a good movie. It's Denise Kids Menu's best movie. It's the best movie with Denise Kids Menu. Yeah. Yes. That's her name. Um, Denise Richards. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, it really holds up. Um, yeah. You know, as both, and it's fun that it kind of can ride that line between being like, you know, a, a big budget for the time, you know, s effects heavy actions movie you know yeah and also like yeah it has some really fun what i feel is obvious subtext yeah um yeah and that they both work so well yeah i think that it works in a sentence the same reason robocop works he gets the satire right and the action is good mm -hmm. on its own yeah. anyway and it's funny like, and yeah you know robocop going around like just killing everyone in that drug room mm-hmm Maybe that's not great policing, but I'm right there with him, like, yeah! Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. That, uh, you really need to shoot that guy in the dick Robocop, but yeah! Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like that. You didn't, didn't need to stick that bug. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but, yeah. Yeah, didn't need to shoot that bug in the eyeball. And, yeah, where you can be like, yeah! And also, 
No, it's they did of... need to shoot that bug in the eyeball, though. I mean, it wasn't going down. It's got like an exoskeleton. It thing. was down at the time. We need better guns. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, not really working this whole interplanetary infantry thing, but um, yeah, it was really good. I was kind of amazed that it held up so well. I think it's one of those things that you can see as a kid and or you know like a young adult or whatever and see it later in life and like appreciate it even more you know like kind of on a different level um and i was surprised at how long it took for us to really get to the action with the bugs this build up yeah there was a load of build up it was like an hour in same with robocop we if even you remember that that's easy to i think every time i go back to robocop I, it's the same thing for me like mm -hmm. oh it's quite a long time before robocop does anything mhm mm yeah there's so much build up yeah, that makes it, yeah, when you see that swarm of bugs attacking them at that, like, outpost or whatever, it's, like, actually has some weight to it. And, um, amazing that the the graphics, in my opinion, hold up pretty damn well for something, what was it, like, 98? Something, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Held up pretty damn well. Um, it looked better than the fucking Star Wars prequels, you know. So, um, to your point, <laughs> I suppose, uh... Is it a celebration of uh, ultra white, ultra white, ultra right isolationism? <laughs> what? Well, yeah. Um, what is the subtext here? Well, or did Verhoeven not understand the book? Yeah, I don't think he gave a shit what the book was. Um, from what I've read about it, um, he like read a few pages of it and was like, "This sounds like propaganda." Let's make a propaganda movie out of this, from the view of the propagandists, you know. And it really works, like, I think it's one of those things where it isn't even that it's, like, directly commenting on one specific thing. Like, yeah, it's kind of about fascism, it's kind of about, um, you know, yeah. us versus them uh, kind of mentality, how people can give up their own freedoms in exchange for fighting a common enemy, uh, you know, is, was the enemy really even that much of a threat, they do kind of make it come across like, you know, we were the aggressors, you know, humanity in it. Look, look it, at it unbiased, the we, the humans and the... Yeah, um, yeah it, it works on a lot of different levels and uh, and manages to be really fun. Um, I don't know, I mean, what do you think? I don't think that it's like, you you know, think I don't think it's like directly like this is about the Nazis. There's plenty of Nazi imagery and yeah. stuff like that. But I think it's really more like sprinkling those elements through in such a way that you can like evoke, you know, those, that kind of like thought process without it being just a, a direct satire of just Nazis. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like it works on a couple different levels to me. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, there's almost an element, and I suppose it depends on how much intention there is. I think there's quite a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, there's almost an element of like, you know, come and see, come and come with me, and we'll go on this tremendous adventure, and then it's like horrific. Mm -hmm. But it's all like, yeah, this is what you wanted. Yeah, Same with Robocop, mm -hmm. like this is what you wanted, right? This is great. Yeah, it. Uh... And, and more so with Showgirls. Mm -hmm. Which we then watch next, yeah. yeah. Um, Which I also had not seen in many years. But um, I, yeah, I mean, just before we get onto that, I think that, yeah, Starship Troopers is um, uh, maybe it's satirizing propaganda for sure, um, or 
it's almost like a, it's almost like homaging it maybe, mm. um, or pastiching it. Uh, but uh, I, I think it's definitely ironic in that it, it's not like yeah we should all join together in like a sort of highly militaristic non-democratic union, world union. Mm. Uh, I think it's, yeah, like you said, it's a criticism of those things and how, you know, hate and anger can lead you to become the very thing that you hate. They hate the, you know, mindless bugs. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, they're there like, I am totally prepared to die mm -hmm. for yeah. this cause. I, uh, you it's know. the beginning when they're in like the classroom and one of the instructors, instructors is saying- Michael Ironside. No, it was, uh, Fisher. I think it was actually the poltergeist lady, that one. Um, Child. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, talking about how the bug is this amazing specimen because it's, uh, because, like, more or less saying because it's mindless and it just fills its role to, you know, to further the species. It was something along those lines. And, yeah, all that stuff building up to finally, like, getting, you know, to the war was really interesting. Yeah, just it was great. Um, yeah, I definitely want to rewatch RoboCop soon. It's been a while since I've seen it as well, but I'm definitely getting a sense of from this and then Showgirls, um, the sense that Verhoeven likes to kind of hold a mirror up, you know, um, to society and like make fun of different things in society and in media while also doing those things in a way that's really interesting to me. Um, it's almost like this is what you like, right? Yeah. Yeah. This you is like what dancing, you like. right? This is what you like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it sexy? Look at this. Yeah. It's so sexy. There's definitely a kind of like yeah. jagged edge going on. Yeah. 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 So with Showgirls, um, I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't like Showgirls still. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess the debate with that is what's the level of intention? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, is I guess this, there is, is this debate. Is this meant to be ironic? Is this memes? Yeah, um, I guess there is debate about that, yeah. Um, about, you know, you've got one one side, one group of people saying, like, no, he really wanted to make, like, a serious drama, um, and all of this was done completely seriously, and then, you know, it became, like, a... It was so bad thing that it, it became a joke, and then... You know, maybe later he, he leaned, into, leaned into that, but I don't know, dude. Some of it is so over the top yeah. in his portrayal um, of all of these people. Like, it seems like the subtext is so strong, you know? I mean, like I said to you, just the ending shot, you know? So we've got Nomi Malone, this girl is like, I'm going to go to Vegas and be a showgirl. Um, and starts out working as a stripper and then moves into becoming a showgirl. And she, like, enters Vegas, like, in a truck with this, like, really creepy-looking dude. Um, and then threatens his life for no reason. Um, and they no, veer you... off the road. And, yeah. Um, and then, end of the movie, she gets back in the truck with that same dude and is leaving Vegas. And it kind of pans up and then you see that they're heading to Los Angeles. Yeah. Like, some of that is just so direct to me. Um, that, like, if all of that... If it is all intentional, um, then Verhoeven's like a genius um, to um, have kept it up for so long and kind of not approach it directly after the fact. He's like a talented brain. 
Yeah, like a talented Neil Breen. I'm still convinced Neil Breen could be a secret genius. I mean, it's just, it's so much, but, um, <clears throat> I mean, just the, the ridiculousness of, like, okay, like that sex scene, who can watch that and, and think, yes, he was behind the camera, um, like, yes, this is a very serious, sexy movie, a serious drama, while the, you know, like, how, how could that be meant to be serious, you know? Yeah. Um... I mean, I, I agree that just because other people thought that it was a serious production and were told by him that he thought that, it doesn't mean he thought that. And I guess there might be a level of irony, which I don't think is uncommon with directors of like, uh, what, I don't know, what's the phrase? Like, like with, with Showgirls in particular, uh, you know, of... No, you see, she's an actress. She's not a showgirl, so th mm -hmm. this is more legitimate. And mm -hmm. you see, these people are actors. They want to do a serious drama. They'll do what they're told because they don't, you know, they, they're just puppets and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll just dispose of them. Yeah. Sort of thing. I, do you know what I'm trying to interloquially... Oh, it'll, you know what I'm trying to say there? Labour Bureau. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think so, yeah. Um... Sort of like the Kubrick thing of making a clockwork orange and being like really chummy with Malcolm McDowell when he was making it and then never talking to him ever again mm -hmm. afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, like it's all just part of the, uh, yeah, you know, the process. Part of the craft, yeah. If you will, yeah. Mm -hmm. Managing people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either, but, um, I mean, I liked it. Um, I don't know when I'll need to see it again. I liked the, um, you know, the rape. <laughs> That was, yeah. that was something. That was, that was, ooh, what a tone change. Yeah, it was, and, um... I got, like, G-force sickness from that. I got the yeah. bends. Yeah, and it's so short, but it, it feels like it's going on forever. But I'm pretty sure it's, like, it's, like, ten seconds, you know? And, uh, yeah, just fascinating to stick that right at the end. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, like, it's... It's hard to even like put my thoughts together about that movie because there's so much going on. Um, Where are you from? Different places. Different places. <laughs> like throwing French fries and yeah, just so over the top. If we could get that performance with John Travolta in Battlefield Earth. Different places. Don't you want lunch? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I wish I had more coherent thoughts to say about it because it was definitely interesting um i mean again like i i get that feeling of like this is like a mirror like to society in a sense you know um because it's you know especially when it came out i guess a lot of people were like this is so exploitative and misogynistic like i think the movie is about that do you know what i mean yeah it has loads of misogynistic characters yeah. Um, nobody is likable, really. Um, they're all, like, selfish pieces of shit just, you know, looking to make it, you know. I mean, really, the girl who gets raped at the end is probably the most likable person in the group uh, who did nothing wrong and then this awful thing happens to her. And, no and nobody cares. cares. Nobody wants to call the police. It's in a house full of people and nobody gives a shit. 
Um, they all just move on, you know. This, what is, um, what's his face? What's he saying to Nomi when she's like, let's call the police. And he's like, no, he's, uh, you know, he's performing at this theater this year and he's performing with us. He's part of the family, like you are, you know. Like, and then that scene with Nomi and Crystal, the doggy chow scene where uh, Crystal's telling her, Nomi basically, like, no, we're whores. And Nomi's like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not a whore. And Crystal's like, we all are. You know, they pay the money, we cash the check and show them what they want to see. Like, I feel like that movie's about Hollywood, you know. Maybe not, again, maybe like with Starship Troopers, it's not directly just about that. But like putting these themes together, mm -hmm. you know, to like paint a picture of mm -hmm. the world as it is. Yeah. You know? Um, and then we find out later, it turns out Nomi has a long criminal record for soliciting prostitution. You know, like, it's like elements of like denial. Yeah, and, big elements of denial. And exploitation and, yeah, it was something, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of grimacing, though. Say, like, I was telling him, I think I watched that entire movie like this. You know, and I think that that's the point, you know. Yeah. Um, and especially in little tidbits of interviews with him talking about it. Verhoeven, like, um, what's he saying? Like, oh, I just think, you know, people are sexy, you know, men, women, Human sexy. sexy. Human body's sexy. Women are very sexy. <laughs> and, like, and then you see, like, these scenes of, like, strip clubs and there's like sexy like dancing, but then if you look at the faces of the people and they're like, yeah, the whole time, yeah, he knows what he's doing, man. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's meant to be sexy either. I don't think it's meant to be it sexy. Just at takes all. place in an environment that is meant to be sexy. Yeah, or that is at least ex you know being exploitative of the idea of sexy. Yeah, I mean just like Nomi in the strip club, which is so like kind of dank, you know, and like gross. And then she's so excited that she's going to go be a showgirl now. And it's just the same shit. Just fancier costumes and more choreographed dancing, you know. Um, like, some of the shots, like the last musical number um, with Crystal. And, like, she turns around and she's wearing this, like, angelic-looking, like, completely sheer dress. And then starts floating up into the sky like she's Jesus or some shit. It's like, it's just a woman with her tits out, you know. Yeah. Like, it's so... Weird, um, in just a way that like I don't know it. It made me think, and I like that, while also being like a spectacle on its own, a very uncomfortable spectacle most of the time. Yeah. But it is one. Yeah. I don't know. You have any other thoughts? No, that? I. No, I yeah. think you. Uh, I think you nailed it. I yeah I. I know it's it's sort of a movie I, I need to watch again, but also I. I mhm. Mm where it's like you might need a while. Yeah. Because, uh... Still analyzing Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, anything else to say about that? Should we make a brief mention of Room 237? Which we also watched recently. Again. Uh, Room 237... Have we mentioned it before? Oh. No, but we watched it before. Yeah, yeah. Room 237 is a documentary made about 10 or 15 years ago. Uh, a about people's different wild theories surrounding The Shining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people present some extraordinarily wild theories. Mm -hmm. Um... And it's not a very good documentary. It's mixed really badly and... Mm -hmm. Yeah. But nevertheless, the, you know... The, 
there are some weirdos there, and yeah, that's fascinating. There are, yeah, it is fascinating in its own right. There are, yeah, like you say, the mixing is absolutely awful. It's like these people are recording in their kitchens with like, and then you put this like score over it at a really high level. Maybe it's just what we watched it on. on no, because Amazon, but we watched it before on a before. different TV. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's just like, what? Like, who the hell are these people? Yeah, there are times yeah. when someone's like going on, like rambling, mm -hmm. and it almost sounds like they're fading out, and it's funny, mm -hmm. but it's but then it's they come back. Yeah, and then hear the kid crying in the background. Oh yeah. Excuse me, well, I gotta go for a second. Well, we've got our kid crying in the background. Yeah, I know. But this yeah. isn't a documentary. Yeah. Um. What? What? One of what's a theory someone has? One of the theories in it. Um. Okay, one of my favorites, The Shining, is about how Stanley Kubrick is admitting that he faked the moon landings. That's a pretty good one. Uh, was that the same guy who was obsessed with seeing penises in the movie? I don't know. They sounded so similar. This is part of the problem when you don't see somebody's face, you yeah. know who you're talking to. Um, the lady whose kid wandered in the room and said some nonsense, and then she was like, that's such interesting synchronicity with the movie, because something like that is... It also in the movie that I was just watching, what the fuck are you talking about? Your kid said some shit that was, Stanley Kubrick did that intentionally? What are you talking about? Um, yeah, nonsense theories um, about the meaning of the movie and stuff. Yeah. But then um, what makes it interesting is just the display of how nonsense all these different theories are. And what's interesting is how it can get kind of get you thinking about how people can interpret you know, media in totally different ways. Um, that part of it is interesting. Yeah. Um, but you have to do a lot of the work yourself on that because, you know, there's no presentation of that other than just cutting back and forth to these interviews of people um, talking about what they think it's about. Uh, it's uh, The whole thing is a uh, incredibly deep metaphor for uh, American native genocide. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, because like, there are because pictures of Indians yeah, uh, in and, the hotel. Yeah, and the Calumet pipe. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, if Kubrick wanted to make a video, uh, Kubrick wanted to make a film about that, he would have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, there wasn't anything stopping him. It wasn't like the CIA were coming to him and like, you better not fucking make that film about that. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Like, And some of it just seemed to be people picking up on interesting like motifs and like design choices that maybe aren't like directly saying one thing, you know, like the you know, the typewriter, like that's a German typewriter, there's an eagle on it, this is about the Nazis. Like, I don't think it is, dude. I think that he's, you know, whoever helped dress the set as well, they're very skilled at picking things that have a, a spooky, interesting quality to them that almost a skill of like getting your mind to work in those directions where the, the place that you're gonna go isn't decided by the filmmaker. It's just the direction is set up for you to kind of go off and have these thoughts on your own. Um, I, so. I really like the movie, but yeah, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's about the moon landings being fake or anything. God, the whole bit about, if you look at room no 237, there's only one word that you can spell using those letters and it's moon. With a letter left over. With two letters left over. Yeah, the R and the O. Or the R in there as well, yeah. Moron.
yeah. It's just bananas. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's more. Yeah, just interesting stuff in terms of how people look at media and look for things and, um, you know, can get kind of latched on to particular, um, like, visual choices and, do you know what I mean? It's more about us as audience members viewing movies and what we take out of them. Um, and just the fact that they are, they are all so wildly different, these different theories, um, is what makes me think that the filmmaker did have that in mind when they made this, perhaps. Um. Yeah, it, it sort of makes me think of, um, like, not just cave paintings, but cave palm prints. Mm -hmm. I think it, I think that might be the oldest ever art expressed, <laughs> sort of, across the world. And before we, like, drew <laughs> on cave walls, we were putting our handprints on them. And there's, like, different theories of what they meant. Mm -hmm. And, like, oh, well, maybe, you know, convincing theories, you know. Maybe this was a deliberate thing to show identity, but maybe uh, you, they didn't want to show people people's faces or people's images because they were holy <laughs> and things like that. And like maybe, but also maybe they were just fucking around. Yeah. Like, look at this. I've made, I've made paint. Maybe because that's what I would do. Maybe they were making Thanksgiving turkeys. <laughs> like, like if I was bored in here and I had to paint that wall. I, you know, and I had to paint it a different colour. I'd probably write, like, knob. Mm -hmm. or, or, like, draw draw a Big Lebowski-esque dude with a huge yeah. dick. Yeah. <laughs> and then paint over it. You know what I mean? It, mm -hmm. be, I don't know. Maybe just fucking around. Could be. Maybe it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe the carpet pattern in the Overlook Hotel... Maybe that was just the carpet pattern in the hotel that Kubrick mm -hmm. used. Maybe it doesn't, it isn't meant to represent yeah. a NASA launch pad well, to try and tell you that he faked the moon footage. Like, do do we know that yeah. he ripped up their own carpet yeah. and put that down specifically because yeah. he wanted that pattern? I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, like, yeah, there's a lot of intentionality, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it, I think often it's more about, like, layering themes. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of with Starship Troopers as well, where... Like, they're, you know, the dudes that look like they're in fucking SS uniforms, like, that's pretty direct. Yeah. Um, but it also doesn't mean that it's just about Nazis, either, or some comment about Nazis. Just layering themes that create a whole yeah. for your mind to pick up on and think over. Authority, fear, common enemy, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at right now, thinking that these are just directors who are really good at um, creating a sort of a landscape of feelings for you to draw on when you're engaging with the story. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Are we done? Yeah, I mean, I've really got nothing else to you. Yeah. Oh, I need ice cream. Do we still have any? Yeah. Yeah, I'm joking. I don't need any ice cream. I don't need any ice cream ever again. Okay. Rum and raisin. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks for watching. Bye bye. Cheers.